When I first saw one of Tejas' TikToks, I knew he was a force to be reckoned with. I said to myself, this guy is going to blow up one day. His videos are informative, entertaining, and unique. Fast forward a few months, I actually met Tejas at an Adobe Max event, a brand event, and invited him to be on the podcast. What's really cool about Tejas is that he's only 22 years old and has this hunger for content creation, business, and innovation that many seasoned influencers have now lost. In this episode, I nerd out with him about the creator economy, talk about how he plans to recession-proof his business, his super creative way of hiring, and what his long-term vision for his brand is. Let's get into it. And I remember he came up to me and he, he gave me this train hopping analogy. He goes, Sage, man, like you, you, will, you can train hop and you'll live a successful life doing it. But eventually, if you do want to start your own train, that's going to be saying no to a lot of things. But at the end of the day, building your own equity is going to pay off more dividends. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. My name is Tej Slur, and I'm a content creator who lives in New York City, best city in the world. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. So... I think because a lot of my audience probably don't know you yet, mm -hmm. I would love for you to give us maybe like a brief introduction yeah. of what you do, where, what platforms you're on, and what you do yourself as, content creator, influencer, Ooh. or like a business entrepreneur. I love that. It's a great, great question. So at a surface level, I, may, I do make content, right? Yeah. Primarily on TikTok at the moment, but yeah. expanding onto YouTube and TikTok, but I always say the content creation world is 50% of what I do. Yes. And to properly explain what the rest of what I do, I call myself a train hopper. Mm, train right? hopper. A train hopper. Not, That's interesting. Not literally speaking. Right? Yeah. But basically right now I'm hopping on these other trains, helping move them forward and then hopping on another one. So an example is I opened, a, I co-founded an ice cream shop in New York City yeah. called Catch an Ice Cream. Yes. That is with my co-founder, Dylan LeMay. It's, he's the biggest food creator on TikTok, and he makes ice cream. And so I'm a business guy at heart, and so we partnered up and made an ice cream shop happen in New York. And then after that train, I recently got casted into a Nickelodeon show. Mm. And so now I'm furthering Nickelodeon's train, helping them with the show. Wow. Right? And then from there, it's, we work with Adobe a lot, right? Yes. So we're helping Adobe. And so... I'm like hopping different trains and right now I'm in the transition phase of how do I go from all these different trains to build my own train mm, and yes, really yes, push yes. this train forward. So Yes, yes. I would love to talk to you about that. Yeah. But first, I guess a little bit of context. Let's kind of like talk about them one by one. The catch and ice cream. How did yeah. you meet Dylan and how did you get involved and become a yeah. co-founder? Ah, this is a great story. I So this was like around May of 2021. Mm. So just over a year and a half ago. And I had no friends in this space, right? I started creating content in August 2020. I've created for like eight months or so. And I had one friend who lived in L.A. I was living in Indiana. Wow, wow. So how many creators in Indiana? Yeah, I'll tell you that. yeah. And I remember at this time, on June 12th, 2021, there was this event called TikTokers versus YouTubers. It was a boxing event. Do you remember that at yes, all? Yes, I remember. Yeah, yes, yes, I remember yes. this. And I, 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 was, I remember thinking, going, this has, like, there's a bunch of creators here. There has to be a way that I can, like, at least go make a friend if mm. I go to this event in Miami. Yeah. And I so you had to buy the ticket, make that investment, and all of that, right? Exactly. But more than that, I said, I can go there and just try to, like, can you swear here? Yeah. I was going to, like, I can go there and kiss people's ass and, like, try <laughs> to get to know them. But I don't think ass is a swear, but okay, yes. <laughs> but the thing was, like, okay, I have some mutuals on TikTok, meaning yeah. that I follow them, they follow me back, yeah, so yeah. we have a, like, they could see my DMs, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, what if I just DM everyone on TikTok and go, hey, I have an extra ticket to this event, I'm going to get hotels, basically promising them a free trip to Miami, do you want to mm, go with me? Mm. And I remember texting this to, a, at the time, Lil Yachty followed me, and I remember texting it to him, texting it to all these random people, yeah. and again, most of them said either no or they can't do it, yeah. but... Dylan was one of the people who said, I'll actually already be in Miami if you have an extra ticket. Like, oh, I'd wow. Love to join you. Wow. And he brought one of his close friends, Milad, mm. and 
that's exactly what happened. I found a way to get an extra ticket. Yeah. The flights and yeah. everything. And um, it was my, like two of my very first friends in the space. And that's Dylan amazing. and I on that trip, he talked to me about how um, his history with Coldstone, he managed a Coldstone for 10 years. And he knew that the obvious next step in his character arc was to start his own ice cream shop. Yeah. And um, long story short, my following is of, I always say, creators, entrepreneurs, and best of all, investors. Yeah. And I just knew this investor who would be perfect for this, connected them to, and the rest is history after that. I see. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't. I never knew that part of the story. It's oh, yeah. very interesting. I love how you focus on the networking side of it. Mm. Can you paint a picture for us in terms of like why you started? Because I know you were like in college, yep. right? And it was a pandemic, which is like a weird time to be in yeah. college, to be in school, um, and then to have to go into society and figure out your path yeah. in life. How did you jump on this content creation bandwagon? Were you oh, always interested? Yeah. yeah. So I think it started in, I, I mean, I always grew up on YouTube, right? I'm sure a lot of us creators have, Yes. right? I, I remember watching David Dobrik early on. And the thing about David Dobrik is he grew up like, 30 minutes away from me in Chicago. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and he grew up in Vernon Hills, Chicago. And I remember his early vlogs were at places that I go to, mm, mm. right? So I remember this vlog, it was like him at Woodfield Mall, which is this big mall in Schaumburg. And like, I would go there every week. And I remember seeing that video, seeing that it got a million views and seeing that he has a camera not much better than like what I had. Yeah, the yeah. Canon 80D. Yeah. And I went, Whoa, like it was one of those things that like broke a barrier because sometimes you look at look at these content creators and you go, they must be living on Mars. Like they don't live in the same world as I do, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And it, it's crazy the life yeah. that they live. But this one was like it hit so close at home. Yeah. I was like, I'm I can do this. Yeah. Like and I've always wanted to, but I never had the confidence to. So I started making YouTube bits that summer of 2020, kind of peak pandemic. Mm. Um, oh, question. Why yeah. do you feel like you never have the confidence to? I Did you feel just, like you were too young or was it a matter of like trying to be more confident on camera or? I think my brain would just convince like, oh, but David has this or like these people all have this and I don't. Therefore, I can't do it. Right. Mm. I think, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, very traditional Indian parents as well. Right. And it's like you are just set on this path of you're going to do this. Yes, like for me, yes. it was like engineering or something in the business world. Yeah. I'm like, OK, I guess that's that's who I am their parents must have been like, you can be a content creator. Like, you just make up all these situations in your head. Yeah. But again, seeing that one video of him at Woodfield Mall, I was like... That could be me. Like, he's not, like, on a movie set. Yeah. Like, he's not making... Yeah. He's, like, in the real world with where I am. That's right. And that was that was really mind-blowing to me, looking back now. Yeah. Mm. So then first you decided to start on YouTube or TikTok or both? I started on YouTube. And I'd make these, I just challenged myself to post every day. Wow. They were not good. They didn't yeah. get any views. But it was great because I didn't know how to edit. Yeah. And this was my way of like, okay, let me get the first repetitions on Premiere. That's so, how you get good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watching four-hour free YouTube tutorials on how to use Adobe Premiere Pro. And then you just kind of keep doing it. Yes, yes. But around this time, I remember it was the first semester of my junior year of college. And all my friends were scrolling on this app. Mm -hmm. TikTok. Yeah. And I go. What, is, like, what are these people doing? What is TikTok? Yeah, so I downloaded. I'm watching all my friends during passing periods just go, go, go. And I was like, okay, this must be where everything's going. And again, I think this same thing, like David Dobrik was started going on this platform. I go, okay, attention is moving to here. Why don't I start posting? Mm -hmm. So August 2020, I challenged myself. Three videos a day. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad, just post. Wow. And in the first month, I saw 2,000 followers. Mm. I've never had more than 300 followers in my life. And I went, Oh, yeah. Okay, this is the game. This is addicting. Just keep going from there. Mm. Yeah. And how did you? So, when I first saw your TikToks, I thought you were like mostly commenting on the creator economy. Yeah. And I thought it was very fascinating. And so I followed Appreciate you. It. And I was like, this guy is going to be big. Like, oh. I was like, the way he delivers the message, but also makes it loop perfectly. You were doing Thank those perfect yeah, loops. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is good. I watched, I binge watched a few and I have not like a rule, but I have a thing where like, if I binge watch at least 10 of their videos wow. and I like them, I'm going to follow them because clearly I like them enough oh to gosh, like watch all these. It. So then I was like, I'm going to follow this guy. I'm going to watch where he 
he goes, and he's gonna be really big. I appreciate and it. so, I'm how not did big you? Yet. <laughs> we'll do a, this podcast in two years, and we'll, and we'll see where we'll he's see where at. at. <laughs> but you, you had a, a a different way about you that like sort of differentiated you from like other TikTokers. Yeah. So, how did you decide on sort of the creator economy topic, mm. and then also find your style? Oh my gosh, it's. It's just evading imposter syndrome, oh, right? Yes. Um, I'll get into that. So I I think number one is I noticed that the videos I was making very early on, they'd get a couple thousand views, maybe a couple hundred, like nothing like popped off crazy. And this is when I tried to be like everyone else on the app, right? I'd like, you'd see those TikTok gurus early on, they'd be like, just do these trends. This trend is blowing up. Just make it in your own way. Yes. I've always been a business-minded guy. Yeah. So I've always like, I like making videos about business because I know that's what my competitive advantage is. I can think about this world and like, I hate, it sounds so trite, but like an entrepreneurial light. Yeah. Right. I don't, I'm not this entrepreneurial, like, man, it, 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 it is what it is. Right. And then I, I remember going December it was winter break. And I said, what if I, instead of using my like phone and just trying to do trends, like, let me just throw this video up there. I bought my, I remember early on, I bought a, what is it? A, Canon M50, so mm-hmm. one of those cameras at a Costco. Yeah. And I got myself like a low aperture, like Sigma lens, it was like 1.8. I was like, oh, if I like put this really down, like it makes the background yeah. look all blurry, like yeah. it looks real nice. What if I use this instead? I haven't seen anyone use like a nice professional camera yet. And I did. And I remember people commenting right away, like, oh, the editing quality on this is unreal. Oh, okay. Like uh, that's that's engagement. Like people like it. Let me keep going. And yeah. then I figured out lighting, and it's like, oh, lighting can make this all look great. Like the bokeh in the back yeah. and everything. And I go, okay, let me keep going. I, and I still don't know like the intricacies of color theory and lighting and etc. Just this works and this looks cool. Yeah. And um, I kept going, and I I started understanding like, oh, instead of just putting like a PNG or whatever, like like what are different ways I can make it feel more dynamic and. Um, this gets really technical, but to me, I think what happened was when you see, you're, again, TikTok is just an unlimited scroll of content. Yeah. And um, if it doesn't interest the viewer in the first, like, millisecond, they're, they're gone. Up, yeah. Right? They're gone. And I think what this camera and the editing style did was when you get on my video, I just bought half a second of insurance. So even if the topic didn't interest you, you go, oh, this video is different. And you stay for that little bit. And that yeah. half a second insurance gave me so much more flexibility to talk about whatever I want. Mm. And so uh, eventually, it just, the creator economy stuff came from, I'm just, I love the space. Yeah. It feels so new. Yeah. Right? It does, like, there's no textbook on how to be a creator. Yes. There's only your course. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's... <laughs> nice plug. There you go. But that part of it is is so amazing. And uh, it's also one of the places where I'm 22 now. Yeah. And people older than me ask me what like what's going on and I just realized age doesn't matter like if I was in the finance space talking about stocks and people look it's like this 22 year old is yes, talking about stocks yes like I'm not gonna listen to him. I'm gonna look at the 40 year old who's done yes, yes. this space there is like there's no history yet yeah that's and so right. um I think a lot of stars aligned in that way and that's where I'm at. I see. I see. I see. It's good to hear your backstory because when I first found you, I just kind of assumed that you were always super fascinated about yeah. like creators and stuff versus like you kind of experimented a little before yeah. you landed on the right voice for you, etc. But I, I will say, you know, I think we can all look and emulate uh, in terms of how things look visually for the video. But the one thing that I think maybe perhaps this is something just of a natural talent that you have is the storytelling. The, Thank you. The, and I realized maybe this is a natural talent when I read your newsletter, oh, yeah. Out, West, Out West, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's when I realized, like, I think Tejas is just naturally a good storyteller. Thank you. Do, do you think that could be the case? Like, are you naturally more, like, good with writing, good with words? No. Okay. <laughs> Debunk me. T- no, tell no, us no. how you developed that I, skill. It's fascinating that you say that. I'm not a creative person. Really? I really don't think so. I grew up, like, I was born and made into this person that can, if you give me an Excel document, yeah. I will do to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. That's what the first 18 years, well, 21 years of my life has been. I've been primed to be this, like, crunch numbers be the best like either accountant or engineer you possibly can be yeah like that like that's still how my brain works but in a way it's like 
randomly helpful for like I've never done well in English school or like writing essays or stuff like that. But no, I appreciate you saying that. I'm trying to think like what got me into because storytelling is one of the biggest like lessons I've heard. Yeah. uh, Or just like mind blowing moments. It's like everything comes down to a story. The only reason anyone is interested in anything is because the storytelling behind it. Yeah. I think I just surrounded myself with people that are way better than me in storytelling. Mm. So if like if you surround yourself with people 100x better, like you're gonna get 10x better just yeah. by being around them. Yeah, right? yeah. So the two other guys in Out West are Sean and Daniel. They're incredible storytellers. They're yes. Incredible editors. Yeah. Just by the byproduct of hanging out with them is, oh, I picked this up from them. Pick this up, right? Um, even my like Colt Kerwin. He's like one of my closest friends in New York. I look at his daily vlogs and I go, mine are a piece of. Sh- <laughs> but. Again, that's okay. Like, yeah. I want to learn from him. What did he do? His pacing, etc. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's just surrounding yourself. They're great writers as well. How did you guys come together to create Out West? And how many yeah. series has it been? Like, what's the plan with Out West? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's that's a great question. Um, so Out West was born when I met. So Sean Ulashin is another TikTok creator. I got to know him very early on in my space too. He went to like film school, art school. So mm-hmm. he has this background. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he, again, he knows something I don't, but he also doesn't, I love you, Sean, but he doesn't have the best business mindset. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, like we have that symbiotic relationship. And then later on, I met, I saw one of Danny's videos, Dodford. To this day, I still think he's the best editor I've ever seen in my life. Right. And uh, he has so much talent. And I remember going, I need to find a way to work with him or just surround myself with him. And we became friends. And I was like, I remember I was chatting with another content creator friend that I had who wanted to hire him. And I remember going, there's no way you're going to be able to like, yes, he might for a couple months, but he's just, he has too like, he's too much potential to be a hiree of someone and not his own creator. Yeah. And I was like, I could also technically hire him, but I'm not going to do that. What if we partnered on something instead? And that's when Out West was born. Simply, it's just a newsletter right now. Mm. It's um, like, it's once a week, we send out like um, three informative bites, we call them, right? So it's like questions that people have about the space and then three little snippets about our journey as creators. And it's like every week for the entire year, we have like this week, we thought this. Now I think... I'm an idiot for thinking that. And it's good to like just journal. Right? Yeah. It's just a journal. But yeah. the vision for our West is it's really just a analogy to evade or navigating this social media world is like what pioneers did going out West. Yeah. Right? Back in the day. Right? Oh, it's I like, see. That's it's where the like, name came from. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's when you hit Cal, like all the people that hit California for the first time in the gold rush and like the Cowboys and like that whole world, that's, very analogous to what we're doing today. That's true. Yeah. It just feels like you're seeing a forest and you're taking a machete and you're making your own path right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So. I always tell people it's the wild, wild west because yes. it really is. It really is. Yeah. It really is. No laws yet. There's like anyone can do anything. The only rules that we know is like what other people's success is. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. That's and right. We just recently got it tattooed. It's peeling right now. But uh, <laughs> We were all in London. We That's all surprised cool. each other. But... Damn, a tattoo to seal the the deal. I actually really like that newsletter because of how bite-sized it is, but then it's still substantial enough. And what I find is an issue with a lot of newsletters that I read is either it's too long or it's so bite-sized where I don't get enough context or I'm not into the story yet, and then it's it ended. So, for example, like Market Morning Brew, it's a little to like they're trying to jam pack a lot of information mm. into a very little space but it's all quite technical yep. tech like if you really read it you can just skim it and get a general sense of what's going yeah, on yeah. so i find that it's not quite enough and then also another thing that's cool about the newsletter is that it's literally like learning with you guys, like yeah. going along the journey. So it, it's not like you claim to have it all figured out. No, it's just, more like learn with us, grow with us. Exactly. So I in like our, that approach. In our manifesto, we explicitly say we're not experts. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. 
even like out west in my brand personally, it's like I don't ever want to seem as an expert right now. I just want to seem like your best friend going along the journey with you. Yeah, you I love that. And the fact that you got it says I'm on the right path yes, somewhere. So. Yes, you are. Appreciate it. So I actually kind of got inspired by that as well as some other newsletters and what I'm hoping to do yeah. because this is pre-launching the YouTube channel. But um, I'm hoping to get my audience to sign up to a newsletter that sure. is just to grow my YouTube with me. Yes. And then how I plan to grow it, how I plan to launch it and all of the numbers when I can finally monetize and how much I make I'll put yes. it all in that newsletter so, so then people have to sign up yep. to get all this insider info Absolutely. Um, yeah so hopefully people hopefully can right grow here. with me and learn uh, <laughs> YouTube with me so yeah I'll drop and that somewhere like, here uh, just even at, on a technical basis too it's good to have a newsletter yeah have you ever heard the saying you don't want to build a mansion on rented land. Yes, yes, yes. Right. You need to... Email is the only place where you can intimately reach the people that follow you and are most interested in you, right? Absolutely. Exactly right, right? So, for example, I just saw a thing today that, like, there's new U.S. regulation on trying to ban TikTok. Mm. It's like, why am I trying to build a mm -hmm. business right now mm -hmm. on this platform and spending so much time yeah, learning yeah. the algorithms and stuff when it can all disappear? Yeah. Right? That's what it means. It's rented land, TikTok, yeah. and even YouTube, right? Like, how many creators have been able to have a sustainable business for 10 years on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Percent? Yes. Right? Oh, and wow. so it's... um. Email is one of those things where it's like email's not going anywhere for yep. a long time, right? And it's uh, even if your YouTube and TikTok and all your social platforms are shut down, do you still have a following yes. elsewhere? Because no one's shutting down email. Yes. Right? So, you know, Alex Hormozzi, I think he oh, said something the it. other day. He was like, if you stripped away all of your paid ads, all of your organic traffic, if you can only just reach your audience with whatever method you have, yep. assuming you have an email list, can you still make sales? Yes. And that was like the key to understanding, do you really have an audience? 100%. And I was like, that's such a great way to, yeah. to think about it. And so I was like, yeah, I think I can still make some sales. <laughs> trying to convince ourselves. Like, I have like 50,000 people on my email list. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I've only created two products so far. So nice. there's still a lot more to go, I feel like, to add to Absolutely. the library. So so that's a really good learning lesson. Start a Sorry. newsletter like Tages. And if you don't feel like you're an expert yet, just talk about your journey because people want to exactly. learn with you. I think, uh, yeah, one of the biggest things that helped me was you don't need to be an expert to yes. educate people. Even if you're a step or two ahead, that exactly. is still very valuable. Exactly. Like, I always think, I'm 22 right now. What was, what could I have told myself at 18? What could I have told myself at 20? And what could I have told myself six months ago? Yeah. Those are all valuable lessons that will hit someone. And sometimes I like to hear something that I already know. Just to be reminded about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. or hear it in a different way. Yeah. So. Yeah. But one more thing too, because you are closer to whoever that person is starting whatever it is that they're starting. So it's more relatable. Yeah. You can understand their pains and struggles perhaps more than someone who's even Absolutely. more more further along. So that's that's also something to consider. That's actually one of the reasons I really wanted to get you on because I have just interviewed eight people wow. in the last week. Yes, it was pretty tiring, but it was so good. Like all the conversations were amazing, but they all are very far along in their journey. Mm. A lot of them have been around for six. I think most of them are, all of them are over six years. Wow. Yeah, so... Because these are all people I've followed for a long time or I know personally. Yeah. And a lot of them are at the point where like, yeah, I'm thinking about pivoting or like I'm tired, I'm burnt out, yeah. etc. And what you have is like this insatiable energy, <laughs> like this it. like thirst for everything in yeah. this world. And I, I find that really contagious. And I, I love, contagious. I just really like that. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to get you on the pod before you're like a super successful well-known creator down, man, like I'm, I'm with the rest of the group no yeah. i appreciate it no i um first of all it means a lot yeah that's yeah. one thing that i um i hope to give just um, like the best compliments that i feel like i could receive is just being around you has inspired me it's like okay i've done my job job right like that's awesome um to me right now i think why I'm just so excited is the path for me has never been so clear. Yeah. Like I can see where I need to be 10 miles, 100 miles down the road. It's just the matter of fact of just getting there. Can you describe that path for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of goes back to the train hopping thing, right? So this was actually advice I got from, do you know Colin and Samir? Yes, of course. So Samir is one of my biggest mentors I've ever had. Yes. I remember he came up to me and he, he gave me this train hopping analogy. He goes, Sage, man, like you... 
you will you can train hop and you'll live a successful life doing it. But eventually, if you do want to start your own train, that's going to be saying no to a lot of things. But yeah. at the end of the day, building your own equity is going to pay off more dividends. Yes, yes. I was like, okay, great. So for me, it's the longest time it's been, okay, where is my next like big project? And honestly, where's my next paycheck going to be? Mm-hmm. Right. And I've like, it goes back to the networking. I was able to do this with this company and like do this series or produce something for this company or work with them or do this, do that, catch and et cetera. Right. And I'm proud that I was able to do it. I learned a lot, but also that's time away from me going, what am I building for myself? Yes. Yes. And right now, in 2023, the only goal I have is to um, really master long form. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to master it in a year, but at least start to master it. Yeah. I've never been consistent with long form. And the reason for long form, by the way, you hear, I feel like everyone assumes like everyone's going long form. But why? One, selfishly, it's a better revenue stream. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's more consistent. That's but right. two, it's a deeper connection with an audience. Yeah. Right. You can only go so deep with an audience um, when an algorithm picks my content for them. Versus they go, they see a 10-minute video of mine, and they click it. Yeah. That yeah. is, like, that is, um, not determination. Like, they're... They Intention. Want to watch it. Yes, exactly, right? Um, and so, I want to deepen that relationship with the mm. community. So, um, that path, again, it's like, how do I make long form more consistent, better? That's the path. That's, yeah. like, that's what's 100 miles in front of me right now. Got it. I, just, I, I can see it. Before, it was, like... I can see multiple paths and yeah. it kind of freezes you in your tracks. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. now it's like, oh, okay, I see the one I need to go through. Yeah. Sick and tired of posting reels that you spent hours creating just to see it flop? Need a tried and true formula so that you can finally get your first 10K, 100K, or even 1 million view reel? If this sounds like you, then you need to join the Reels Rocketship program. In this program, we teach you everything you need to know about going viral and growing with Reels. From how the algorithm works to how to convert those views into follows, we cover it all. Head to reelsrocketship.com or simply click the link in our show notes to join today and skyrocket your follower growth with Reels. So you, you took an interesting approach to uh, building your skills in the content creator, in the creator economy. Yeah. So most people that I have uh, talked to or I saw, we, we kind of, because we started a long time ago, so there was no foundation in this industry. So they kind of just started just doing what they love, like just like sharing stuff, yep. but it was all alone. And you took it to mm-hmm. a different level with the collaborative aspect of it. Like, for example, like inviting people to Miami. Yeah. Um, I never reached out to anybody. No First way. of all, I'm like very introverted and super yeah. shy. Um, but secondly, also, I was just like, I don't I don't want to bother anybody. Yeah. I, nobody wants to collab with me. And also collaborate, collaboration was not so popular yeah. uh, a yeah. few years ago. And now I think it's been taken to new heights where people start new business businesses Absolutely. together. Yep by meeting on TikTok. And so I think that the train hopping analogy is really great. But all these train hopping build all of your skills mm-hmm. that you currently have. And more importantly, the incredible network. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's if there was one thing I did right, it was building that network. Yes. And yes. Hence why we're meeting today. Yeah. Because you know there are what I notice after being six, seven years in this industry is that there will be people who will be left behind mm-hmm. and there will be people who will race ahead. Yeah. And you never know when their big break is. That's and right. just knowing that, not that you're like ah, trying to network with people to like take advantage of them or be like, yeah. this person is going to be big so that I'm going to like smooch on them. Not that, but it's just that understanding that if you're going to continue in this industry, you want to surround yourself with exactly. as many of those people as possible. 100%. Yeah. It's such a fine line of like, are you just meeting this person and get something out of them transactionally? Yes. Or yes. like, because people people can read through that. Yeah. It's actually one of the reasons I lived in LA for three months mm. and it just felt overwhelming that those, yeah. were the, like, yeah. those were the interactions I was having. It's like, people would come up to you and be like, what can I get from you? Yes. Like, that was like yeah. sense. And, uh, you, know, you know, Gary Vee has a really great book on this called Jab, 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 Right Hook, mm-hmm. right? Like when you meet someone new, you want to provide value, provide value, provide value, then ask for value of some yeah, sort, yeah. right? And so I take that to heart anywhere I go, right? There's times where like I've, like there's some people that I really want to connect with and I haven't asked them for a lick of value in like 
six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know the day that I want to, they're hopefully they're like, okay, of course I'll help, right? Yeah, because like yeah. you've done this, this, this for me. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. Uh, yeah, that's a fine line. It's a really, really fine line. Also in the networking space too, when when you're first reaching out to someone, it's really easy to like. I get an email every once in a while that's like, hey, Tay, just like you're killing it. Like, what advice do you have for me? Yeah, that's like a really hard email to respond to. Yes, that's like you're making it really hard for me to answer you. Answer, yeah. right? It's like I have to think about it. I have to do all this. But yes, exactly. Can you can you like ask someone in a way where it's really easy? Just be yes. Like, it's a, if it's a yes or no, if it's, um, I don't know, it, it's, it, it's, it's something along those lines. That's yeah. right. Yes. If you are trying to grow along the journey and you want to get advice from people, you know, first of all, do your research on exactly. this person. Yeah. Make sure you're asking them pointed questions, but also ask in a way where it's like, this is my situation. I have these choices. What is one advice you would give to me if you were me? in this yeah. situation. It's so easy. One advice. And exactly. It's a no-brainer they would just respond with one advice versus like, hey, how do I grow my Instagram? Or how do Absolutely. I grow on TikTok or YouTube? Exactly, exactly. Because I don't... Selfishly, I don't have... I don't want to... It sounds horrible to say, but to think about that and spend 15 minutes on writing response is tough. Like, yeah. It's way more easy for me to go archive. Yeah. Writer. Yeah. One of the best emails I've gotten was this person who's starting a business and he goes... Hey, I'm running this business and um, here are the four choices that I have. Can you mm. please answer with just A, B, C, or D? Oh. And then you can list them out. It's like, A, I do this, this, and this. B, I do this, this, and this. And I, I love that. And I was like, thanks for your response. I would do C. Oh, and wow. And then uh, I, was not, I said, because X, Y, Z. Yes, yes, yes. But that is so much more easy for me to go, okay, I'll, I'll respond. Like, I know instead of me, like, thinking, like, what's the best advice I can give, it's... See, okay, go. Correct, yeah. correct. That, that's a great, great, great point. Yes, great, great template. So make sure to use that template if you want to reach out to someone who could be really busy. Absolutely. So you mentioned that Colin and Samir are big inspirations of yours. Yeah. Um, they are big inspirations of mine Absolutely. too. I, I followed them since they had like 20,000 yeah, subscribers yeah. on YouTube. And at that time I was like, these guys, how come they only have 20,000 subscribers? Yeah. And so the the way I describe my current channel to other people, n and not that I want to be like anybody else, but just for a lack of way to describe it, yeah. is that I want to be the female version of Colin and Samir. Colin um, obviously, <laughs> in my own style and, and um, with pink as like my brand yeah. color and all that. But what I find is that there's a the la lack of female commentators mm. specifically just on influencer content content creator, creator economy, and not veering off into like pop culture and all that because I'm not, I'm not interested in pop culture. I just want to learn about she creators. Wants to make money. Yeah. <laughs> that too, no, you no, know, no, let's it. be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. So what drew you to Colin and Samir in the first place and how did you even meet them? I, I yeah. want to hear about that story. Absolutely. Um, no, first of all, I want to touch on what you just said yeah. because I'm also culprit of this, of having this like implicit what was it like? Implicit bias is that mm -hmm. what it's called? Where it's like, hey, like, have you what, what's that? Have you ever seen that thing where, like, I'm I might be completely misquoting this, and this might be completely wrong, but the the final message is correct, right? It was like, cars are so much more unsafe for women because all the test dummies were made of male bodies, oh. and so when they would do these safety tests, they would be safe for men, oh. but it completely like just. Not have zero testing on like women anatomy. Okay. And so it was this whole thing where people just didn't realize this. Like mm. you just forget about like 50% of the human population. Yeah. Right. In this yeah. testing. And uh, I think a very similar thing is happening with the creator space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you think of like, I mean, just look at the just sheer amount of like business creator economy interviews that happen. Not yes. just Colin and Samir, yes, but yes, everywhere. Yes. What percentage of it are males versus like, females mm -hmm. building and mm -hmm. uh, you know I, again I'm also culprit of this I'm someone who talks on the creator economy and I'm overwhelmingly just like I overwhelmingly talk about male mm -hmm. like uh, understandable yeah right? yeah and so I, I love that direction and yeah. I don't think it's something to say like I want to be the female Colin Smear that doesn't sound like you're going to be the second best of Colin <laughs> Smear not at all right and I, I know you like 
there's a whole thing, steal like an artist, right? And if we don't have to touch on that here, but I know that you know how to do that and how to, you know, take inspiration. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah, oh, but thank you. Absolutely. What do, how did yeah, I Yeah, how did you meet here? them? So I was, again, train hopping. Yes. Right. One of the trains that I hopped on was consulting for this startup in LA. And they offered me three months to live in Los Angeles, right? This is when I was there. And luckily, right across the hall from the startup was Colin Tamir. No way. That's like their, yeah, they just moved to office. Wait, you, you didn't know this? I heard like rumors or something. Okay. like. But I knew that they also, I thought they like bounced around. And this was, I for some reason, I thought like this was just a place where they filmed or something. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect like their, literally like their headquarters. Were there. I see. And I remember, oh, also this startup was just moving into that building. So there was nothing in this building yet. So I remember one of the first tasks I had to do was go to this office and kind of like set up a desk and whatnot. And I go and I remember setting up this desk and it was upstairs and there's these windows that face downstairs. And I like heard some voices. I looked downstairs and all I see is Colin with the blue hat on, right? And then Samir at the time he had shorter hair and I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. To me, like, meeting Colin and Samir for the first time, like, I wouldn't have the same reaction if I met, like, Mr. Beast or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I remember looking at them and I went, I've watched every single one of their videos. Exactly, yeah. same. And um, I freaked out. And I remember, like, slowly walking down and they were talking to one of the guys at, at that worked there. And then I remember I was just stood there quietly, like, just, like, staring at them. <laughs> and, uh, and Samir was like, so, man, what's up? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, how are you? <laughs> like, it was so embarrassing. But... They were across the hall for the three months that I was there. And every once in a while, I'd be like, let me just pop in and say hello. What are they doing? Again, back to what we said, like, I never asked them for a lick of help on anything. And uh, eventually, they trusted me enough. They were like, hey, Tate, what do you think of this thumbnail? I said, I like this, this, and this, but this probably could change. Yeah. And even if they didn't like it, like, they were yeah. like, it's bad advice. They appreciated the fact that I was willing to say it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or Colin would be writing a script for an intro and be like, what if you phrase it this way? And some of the things they would say, like... That's great advice. Yeah. Most of the things they would say is, like, yeah, sit down. We've been doing this for nine, ten years, right? But I think it was just the act of me trying to help them. And now, um, like, I, again, yeah, Samir has given me so many pieces of advice that I don't think I would be a creator today yeah. if I didn't follow. Wow, okay. And I, yeah, they are great mentors and yeah, have you ever met them? I have not. I've okay. just been watching them quietly from afar for a long, long time, and I listen to every podcast episode. Um, and I just so the reason why I specifically asked you this was because I remember when I saw your TikTok, and I was like, "He's going to be a young Samir. He is a young <laughs> Samir." And I was like, "I see That's similarities. So He's clearly inspired by Colin and Samir, but Absolutely. also he has his own style." Yeah, you know what's funny. Similar to what you just said, like how you were hesitant of like, I don't want to be like this. Of course, I'm going to do it in my own style, but I want to be the female Colin Smear. I had that too with them, right? And I was like, man, people are calling me like the Colin Smear of TikTok. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. And I was actually really struggling with that. Yeah. So what I do, I actually went up to Samir and asked him about this. And um, he actually gave me phenomenal advice about it too. He goes, Tejas, me and Colin are 32, 33 years old. You're 21. Yeah. I'm trying to have a kid and settle down so the most i can do is sit down and talk about creators yes yes, and it's working for us yes the thing that you have that we don't is you're 21 yes go run around right now and like that's your competitive advantage yes and so uh, that's the insatiable hunger i was talking about exactly yeah exactly right like i don't have a wife I don't have kids. <laughs> I don't have a mortgage. It's Do you like, even oh. have a girlfriend? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, and so it's like, all right, like all of like every all of my effort can go into instead of like interviewing Ryan Trahan, like they would do, and like asking the same questions. Is there a way that I can make it to where it feels more personal? Where I go to Austin, Texas. That's where Ryan is, right? And um, like do something there with him. Something. Oh, this is just off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. Any yeah. Of this is confirmed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's in a very similar light. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I love that because um, I can see how even just having one mentor to just guide you in the right yeah. direction can make a huge difference. And I'm hoping that more creators who have been there, done that, can do that for younger budding creators. Absolutely. Yeah. Not saying you're like budding. I feel like you I'm already have your own voice and you have your own brand. Yeah. I guess that's just the imposter syndrome in me going, no, I don't, but 
I would just, yeah, I, I, I'm better on the block. Yeah. But, well, I'm curious too, because you had talked about creator economy and then for a while you kind of veered off that path and mm-hmm. then you did some personal vlogs, which I enjoy your personal vlogs, but yeah. I, uh, obviously that's for more of a, like a close oh, audience right? on Instagram. So let's talk about like wh- why you changed directions and then what you're trying to do now to get yeah. back on track. Wow. So this is, I have not told anyone this yet. Yeah. This is the biggest mistake that I've done. Really? Well, I actually know, I actually noticed and then I was like, oh, I don't really, I'm not as interested in yes. like these other TikToks where he kind of doesn't talk about the creator economy yeah. anymore. But then, I, you know, obviously I didn't know you then. But yeah, I'm curious to know yeah, your thoughts. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the chest, right? I think this is like a lesson that I think people in my close circle are I had this lesson the hard way, and I'll explain that, and then now I'm trying to tell it to other people who are going down this path. But I was really obsessed with them. Still today, like, it, like when you hear this, like, cr- you can either talk about the creator economy and do your thing, or there's a bunch of creators out there being able to talk and vlog about whatever they want yeah, and yeah. make a living off yeah. of it. My head went, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, Wh- again, Why do you want to do that? I think it's the freedom aspect. Like, I yeah. want to be able to tell... I think eventually, it's like, I want to be able to tell a story of... Uh, like, right... I I think it's this. I think it's this. It's like, uh, I'm a human being, and my interests are always changing. You're multi-passionate. Exactly. We all have this right? problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... For example, I remember this story exactly... Like, this this brings in one of my closest friends. His name is Omar. Yeah. Raja, if you know Omar. He yeah. built this Instagram account called House of Highlights. Yeah. Right? Okay. And then he sold it to Bleacher Report. He's one of the most, like incredible successful people that I've met and now he's the head of social media at ESPN Mm. and he's been doing this for a long long time as well um and I remember I posted this video of like my running journey right because I've been running and health and fitness is becoming more and more of this interesting thing so naturally I was like these videos are what I make like I'm gonna make whatever I want yeah right and I posted it on the same platform where I'm also talking about like business education and for some reason like I I felt like I was on the right path. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I am diversifying my brand in a way that should because there are the comments coming in like, I like following this. But I remember Omar sat me down one day, right? Because there was also a part of me that's like, okay, views are slowing down and Mm. I'm actually losing a little bit of followers. And I'm like, back of my head, I'm going, oh, this is, am I not on the right path? (laughs) And Omar, Omar is like, um, He's a very, like, cutthroat guy. Yeah. So he'll, like, if you're doing something wrong, he'll tell you to your face. Oh, you need one of those in yeah, your life. you definitely do. You don't, you, if, you, if you're only surrounded by yes people in your yes, life, exactly. you are going to fail. Yeah. And Omar goes, he goes, I don't give a fuck about your running videos. Yeah. And, like, just think about it like this. Your, your business education videos are obviously doing well. And a new viewer is watching one of those videos. They see, they go, I like this video. They go click on your profile. And what do they see? They see a running video next. Yeah. They're going to be like, okay, this I'm not getting the same value. So what am I doing here? Right? And I go, oh my gosh. What am I doing? It was one of those like, you're so right. Like you have to separate your personal interests and your online brand. Yes, yes. And uh, yes. I, it was just such a hit, a hit in the face. I think I was so obsessed with this idea of like, I want to change the game. I want to be this multi-passionate, informative person online. I want to, I want to make a golf video because I'm also really interested in golf and I want to share lessons. And like, it sounds so good in theory, but that's right now for the size I'm at, I have to play the game before changing the game. Right. That's yes. like, a, again, a huge, le- this is a very recent lesson. I only just started kind of coming back to centering myself to Hey, got to play the game. You're this yeah. business educational guy. That doesn't mean you have no like path. Like there's still a path there, but stay in that lane. Yeah, and yeah. Provide that same value. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's only been like two months or so where I've been like coming back and cleaning up the profile to do this. Mm. So you mentioned one thing that was very uh, interesting is you said at this size, it's important to to yeah. play the game. So that's one thing that I do think is true is when you're starting out, you do need to give people more of a reason to follow. So that Absolutely. means sticking to what if you want to call it the 
the terrible N word, your niche. <laughs> so your niche is very important in the beginning yeah. to get your first group of people. But niche is also very tricky because once you go so deep into it, it's mm. very hard to pivot out of it as yeah. well. So it goes both ways. So being too broad means you can't grow, but then being too narrow also means you might box yourself in. Yeah. So that's why you kind of need to combine both. And what I consider that is more like having a very clear uh, topic. Range that you talk about, but do it in your own distinct style, so that if so, you want to jump out into like somewhat related topics, but different topics mm. in your own style, there will still be a huge group of people following you to that next topic. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think a perfect example of this is Emma Chamberlain's early early rise. Right. Mm. I think anyone looks at like this type of content she makes and goes, "I want to do that." Right. The fact that she's like. Cooking and most of her value is coming from her personality. Like, of course, we all want to do that, right? Yeah. We would be lying if we wouldn't. Yeah. But early on, she was a DIY fashion creator. Oh, I right? didn't even know that. Yeah, her very first videos were, "Here is how to make." I I'm gonna again misquote. It was something along the lines of five things that you could do to like uplift your style and things like that, right? And so uh, she would. That's like the original value, but she. Like had her personality shine through those videos mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. she was allowed to expand because people connected with her personality, right? There's a really great quote: "To escape competition through authenticity." Yeah, at the end yeah. Of the day, right? And in the same light, it's like whenever I I just like I have a couple of people on my team now, and whenever they give me an idea, right, I say, "Look, we're not reporters online." For example, at at the time of this recording, Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Like that AI yeah. is going wild. Yes. And like probably later today, I'm going to make some sort of video or some sort of content about it. Yeah. And it was an idea that one of my the people on my team gave. And I was like, look, we can just go online and talk about ChatGPT. That's not a good idea. It's like, how can we make it so we're not a reporter? We don't just report the news of what's happening. Yes. And for me, how I make sure that like it's not just anyone can talk about ChatGPT. It's how can... What is it that people want to hear about Tejas talking about ChatGPT? Yes, yes. And for me, it's like, how do I connect it to the big picture of the creator world? Yeah. Right? Or my world or my journey. So here is information about ChatGPT. Here's what it is. Here's how I'm using it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now I can't, like, be reposted on those, like, Instagram accounts that just take other everyone else's content. That's you know right. what I mean? And yeah. I think that's the difference for me. And so it is building a little bit of that personality, right? Emma yeah. did... The DIY fashion, but she built a personality with it. For me, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. I need to do a better job. But it's like, how can I talk about Chat GPT, but add my personality in mm-hmm. it too? And then, so if you do talk about something a little different, people are still following you because they want to hear you talk about whatever topic. Yes, correct, exactly. So that is is super important. And also, one thing to keep in mind, and maybe some perspective um, to to offer you, is that the people who Blow up through their personality, which is possible, and usually they are more of like an exception because yeah. their personality is just really unique, or the way they tell stories is really unique. And you only really have a few of these once in a while, you know, like Emma Chamberlain, and then there's there's more, you know. But you do have to have a certain quality to to be that. I think you can definitely be that. But uh, like I know I'm definitely not. Like quite frankly, I, like I know what I am. I know what I'm not. And I know that I am not a personality. I am more of a. I'm like a doer, and I'm very yeah. planned. I'm like very meticulous with everything I do. Everything is intentional, you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> All of my stories. Like I'm not just. I can't riff off the top of my head and be super oh, interesting. My gosh. Go to her Instagram and just scroll like really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just see the most beautiful color blockings and you go, how do you even think of this? It is. It, I remember doing that the first time, I think, with you at Adobe and I go, this is how much thought you're putting into it. It's yeah. fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. No, you're cr- I, I think, like, again, I think a part of this job is you have to be incredibly self-aware. Yes. Right? And I think a lot of that is, like, understanding. Uh, it, 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 it almost, it's like stuff you don't want to say out loud because it's almost, yes. like, not politically correct. At yes. Times, but... It's, it's like, for example, like, I am an Indian creator, and I, I, I use that to my advantage. Yeah. Right? It's like, I want to connect with other people who have immigrant parents. Yes. It's like, that is a level of self-awareness. Like, how do you use that to your advantage? And for you to be able to say, like, and I agree with you, it's like, when I watch your content, is it 
like, I do believe you have a great personality, but is it the personality that's the number one value that I'm getting out of your content? Mm. No, I think mm. I'm here to learn from you and your style and the way that you put things together and the whole package. Yeah. That is the main value. But secondary, third, like, I think I'll still think, like, your personality shows if you speak something or don't. You know, it's yeah. like the, 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 it's like the reasons you make the stuff you do, like, your personality does shine. But yeah. I agree with you. I think that's a very self-aware thing to say. Yeah. I, I guess what I mean is like, yeah, I have a personality online and I have my own personality. And you do too, whoever is watching. Um, but I don't have a like a very like naturally charismatic personality. And I know that for a fact because whenever people say like, how are you? All I say is like, I'm good. Thank you. I don't have <laughs> anything else to say. Yeah. Like I literally, I couldn't. Anyway, that's just me. But what I'm saying is, there's another uh, difficulty with being a personality creator is that you have to keep showing up with your face. Yeah. So that's okay for you right now at your current age with yeah. your current energy. And <laughs> But everyone who gets to that five, six, seven, eight year point, they're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to keep showing up. It's incredible pressure. And I want to start outsourcing this. But they can't. Like, how yeah. can Emma Chamberlain outsource Emma Chamberlain? It's like a, such a... I think Alex Ramosi actually said this. Like, what do you value my business at Tejas Solar LLC? Mm. Right? It's like, okay, you can say it's worth a million dollars. Just arbitrary numbers. Yeah. What does that mean? It's like Chipotle is worth $42 billion. Yeah, yeah. That means I can buy Chipotle for $42 billion. Again, super simplified. You can't buy at Tejas Solar for a million dollars right now yeah. because I'm the face of it. Yeah. So, yes, I'm building equity, but, like, what is that? It's like what Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank says. If you get run over by a bus, your company is done. Yes. Like, we're done. We're done. Like, the whole exactly. brand is done. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, how are you, um, like, I guess, like, getting run over by the bus proofing yourself like, how do you make sure that if you do <laughs> that like, is a great question yeah, what are you doing yeah so I talked to Alex Costa about this yesterday and yeah. he's also at a point where he has done a lot he's being pulled yeah. in many different directions so he's thinking about how can he build brands beyond himself yep. and that is always the point that all creators get to so I'm not quite there yet I am in the process of building stuff so that one day I could get there because yep. I'm 35 man, and as a female with no kids yet and the pressure of having kids soon, it's <laughs> yeah. insane pressure. So the thing is, I want to start to, in the future, the idea is to introduce another person who can help be the spokesperson of mm. the full-time influencer brand, which is what I'm currently working with. Correct. Obviously, the Tina Lee brand, this one won't, it's it will have you. to be phased out in the future if I decide not to show up. Yeah. However, I do have my digital courses. And so that would be the way that I can see it being transferred Absolutely. into a, like an actual brand. Yeah. So that's what Think Media did, you know, exactly. with Sean. And, you know, we can see how he's aging. What <laughs> I mean is like you can see the progress of him aging too. Exactly. And you, you can understand why he needs to phase himself out from the limelight. Absolutely. Yes, theory the same way. Is it Thomas limelight? Bragg. Limelight, yeah, yeah. Okay. Limelight, yeah. Yes Theory is in the same way. I remember he just made a... Thomas just made a video of like, I, you guys have seen me grow up from being 22 years old and I'm 28 now. Yeah. It's like my priorities are different. Yeah. It's like I can't spend 18 hours a day making videos or like staying up until 3 in the morning editing. Like, yeah. I want have a kid. Yeah, yeah, want, yeah. These things don't... They're mutually exclusive. Yes, you can't do yeah. both. It's yeah. hard. It's extremely hard. Absolutely. And many people don't want their children to be on screen, you know, on social yeah, media yeah, too. Yeah. That's another risk. But I think it's very interesting because this is the first kind of industry where regular people can grow literally seven-figure, multiple seven-figure businesses yeah. and then not know how to transfer that business and then yeah. not know what to do what with the business. With yeah, so, it's like an end date. It's like a great problem to have, but it's also yeah, like a unique situation. Problem, absolutely. That absolutely. will be. So that's just one th uh, food for thought in terms of people who really want to grow just by being yourself. You yep. do want, you have to understand that later on, that could become a burden. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.